Before we begin with our guests, let's do a couple little quick housekeeping things. First and foremost, if you can give some love to our friends over at DodgyCollective.com. They've got great artwork, great rash guards, great spats, and very, very great shorts. Also, our friends over at NoGeeBJJGear.com. Thank you so much for all the support. We love you guys, and we hope that you love them too. And if you do, go over to NoGeeBJJGear.com. Use the promotional code GRAPPLINGHOUR15 to take 15% off of whatever you put in your cart. All right, our show today. Justin Renek is one of these kids that I've been watching compete for a while, and the kids definitely got talent, and it was amazing to see that he got his black belt over the weekend as well as a big win uh, over at the Submission Hunter series that they have going on. Uh, just in a very, very great conversation with him, and uh, one of the things that I think you'll be surprised about his story, his origin story, if you would, is just how he was able to go away from jiu-jitsu and find a way to come back. And uh, that was something I didn't know going in, but I, I very much appreciate him for being honest and being sincere with his efforts to share those things with us. Plus, we learn a little bit about what makes him tick, why he loves jiu-jitsu, and what he's got coming up next. Without any further ado, let's talk to Justin Renek. Well, if there is a competition... He's been on it, essentially. We're talking literally every kind of competition this man is ready to be a part of. He is returning back to the Submission Underground cage next week. Not this week, next week. And uh, we're very excited to see him go compete because, you know, if you see him compete, you know that he brings the heat. You know that he's got a great game. You know that he has a very exciting style to him. But just to go through a few things real quick, not only has he been on Fight to Win, Third Coast Grappling, EBI Combat Jiu-Jitsu Vet. I mean, here's what you can say about this guy. Not only did he bring home a championship belt over the weekend from Submission Hunters, but he's also got a new belt around his uh, his waist of some sort. Looks like a blackish color. I'm not really sure. We'll ask him right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the very first time on this show, one, Justin Rennick. Justin, how are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, it is great to finally have you on because, you know, we keep our eyes open at all times. And I see you competing out there. I see you like a madman continuously <laughs> getting out there. But I really want to first and foremost ask, how did it feel to get your black belt? Did you know it was coming? And what was your first reaction when you saw it? Um, I, I got kind of a little bit of insight. Um, my professor, Travis Moore, posted uh, in our little group chat earlier in the day um, that there was going to be a, like a special promotion or something. And um, I don't know, man, I, I feel like, uh, you know, my time has been coming and I've been a four stripe brown for or he gave me my third stripe like a year ago in August. So I've been a, I've been a brown belt for almost two years, uh, just, you know, steady putting in work, uh, you know, still competing against black belts and stuff like that. but. Uh, I don't know, man, just been putting in the work, teaching, training every day, uh, you know, lifting and all the good stuff. Does it feel any sweeter to be a black belt now? Do you feel more responsibility? Do you feel like you're at that new journey part of a video game? Like, what does it feel like? Um, it definitely feels a little different. It kind of feels like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, 
for a while, you know, like I said, I was like competing against black belts. And like, I, I knew, you know, like, you know, jujitsu, like the level I was at, uh, technically I was a, you know, black belt and stuff like that, but to finally just like have like earned it, you know, uh, it's just, uh, it was just awesome. And just, to you know, just to have that in my hand, the black belt, like I, I'm a black belt and just to say it, you know, it's, uh, it's awesome. Long, long time coming. Uh, it's just, it's, dude, it's so hard so hard to achieve, man. There's so many people that, uh, that quit, man. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a lifelong accomplishment. No one can ever take that away from you, you know? Yeah. The one thing I would tell people is, uh, you know, my progression to an eventual black belt is that I'm just going to wear them down. Like, I don't think it's going to be anything spectacular. I think at one point I'm just going to be like, and I'm still here. So, (laughs) you know, you got to kind of give it at some point. So that that's kind of been my strategy. Did you do anything to commemorate it or celebrate it? Um, I mean, I pretty much, you know, I had to go weigh in that next day, you know, for my black belt title match, you know, and I, I won that and I got a beautiful belt here. So uh, that that's kind of how I broke in being a black belt is just going out there and, you know, putting in the work like I always have, man, uh, just putting it against, you know, in live scenarios against somebody who wants to come beat my ass just as much as I want to do it to them. You know, that's pretty cool. I love the fact that you had the belt handy right there. I was going to bring Dude, it up. I tell you what, that is this sucker is a good probably 20 pounds, too. This isn't, you know, like a cheap, uh, you know, it, it, it's a nice it, it's uh, definitely something that I'm going to cherish forever for sure. Now, uh, you know, I know that they've always been around, you know, Submission Hunter Pro was supposed to actually come out to California and I was looking forward to potentially doing something with them. Um, but yeah. I've been keeping my eye on them and I'm so glad that they give you guys an opportunity to to do your thing. But of course, a belt like that makes sense, especially when they're going to start being on the UFC. So yeah, fight pass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's gotta be huge. Um, did you give any indication that you wanted to come back to them or, you know, anything like that? We'll talk about your match in a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm pretty good friends with Eric Garcia, the promoter of submission hunter pro and, uh, the fury MMA, uh, which is also going to be on UFC fight pass. Um, but yeah, man, I, I definitely told him, you know, uh, he, he actually wanted me to come back, uh, October 3rd to in Houston on a card, but I'm flying out to Oregon that day. So I just told him, man, like any other time. And now that, you know, the trials are postponed the after submission underground, I'm pretty open. I'm wide open actually right now, you know, so uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, we'll get some stuff booked up here pretty soon. Well, yeah, like I I would love to compete. And I know like, as of now, they said their women's only event is on fight pass, but, I'm sure that's going to go super smooth. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Eric will be signing a contract, uh, you know, with Fury and the Submission Hunter Pro to to stay on, you know, keep the train going, man. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I've always appreciated the fact that, you know, you guys get taken care of, you get extra opportunities because you really just ping pong between the same three or four of them right now. So, and I know that they're going to play a very important role, as you just mentioned, with ADCC getting pushed back. I know a lot of grapplers very, very heavily uh, in this competition scene who want to stay active because mm-hmm. even though ADCC is getting delayed, it doesn't mean that people are stopping training. 
Yeah. So it, just, it, it adds that little bit of like extra uncertainty to the amount of prep time your potential opponents may be having as well. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't be like, Oh, you know, ADCC trials are another two months off. I can eat Cheetos and cereal for two months. You know, like the guys that are going to win, you know, are always putting in the work and are going to be not taking any days off, you know, no matter what. So, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm a little bummed that it, you know, I got to wait that much further to do the trials, but, uh, you know, it just gives me a little bit more time to, to, you know, keep stuff dialed in and, you know, keep the momentum going, just get better every day. Well, I used to tell the guys, you know, when we would do like specific ADCC training days with a lot of my friends or, you know, friends of the show, I would just be like, listen, dude, y'all don't get a day off. Like, I don't know how to tell you this. Like, even if you take a day off for your body, I don't know how you're not studying tape. I, I don't know how you're not planning out your game, even mentally. Like, you, you have to take care of yourself both physically and mentally, but every day that comes up is just another tick. So now you just don't know when that day is coming. So wouldn't that make you want to work twice as hard? So that's exactly. just been my my mentality on that. And I'm very much looking forward to when they get their shit together and they can actually do it. Um, mm -hmm. It does seem unfortunate with the ref situation, but I yeah. am pulling for them and for our athletes. So tell me a little bit about the weekend though, because I do want to ask how did you win? Because I saw it, but I'd love for you to take people through it and, and explain how it was that you went over the weekend. Okay. So, um, he, uh, I, I pulled guard like I typically do. Um, and then he tried, uh, I'll just explain the, the whole match. It was, it was pretty short. Um, he tried like a, like an X pass and I, uh, I inverted. And instead of, you know, I, in an ideal scenario, you catch with the, in the reverse De La Hiva hook, I missed the reverse De La Hiva hook. So my outside hook had to come in and then I spun under and forced 50, 50, um, he hit his heel pretty well. Uh, you know, he triangled. So I, I swept him, came on top and then I just ditched out of the position. Um, and then I, I fell back for a leg again. And then, uh, he, he, uh, you know, he came up on top and then he went to try to body lock pass. And I just, uh, went for uh, Kimura. And, um, as soon as I got the grip, he postured up, he, he got his hands together and postured up. And uh, I was able to just shrimp out a little bit and throw my leg over the head and stick it in the far hip. And then from there, um, he, he fell over and I just kind of went with the momentum and, uh, you know, went right for the arm bar there. That's pretty dope, man. I was uh, looking at this. So I just want to make sure I'm doing this correctly here. Um, but they even came with this like highlight reel that did who did the highlight reel man because i can I actually it, i believe it was actually submission hunter pro like the one of their uh guys working for them mm. that was pretty dope let me go and see if i can pull this in you know what just to promote that i'll put this in the chat section so anybody can see it but it it, it was a pretty nice thing like i just like the fact that i you know in prepping for this interview I just kind of skim through things. I jot down notes and I look down and I go, this man has a highlight reel already made for him. Like normally <laughs> athletes cut the highlight reels themselves. So that is a nice gesture on. Yeah, that was cool. Cause I don't know how to do any of that video <laughs> editing bull crap. You know, I got friends that hopefully can hook it up for me, but me personally, I, 
I can't do that stuff. <laughs> I mean, listen, dude, I tell people like, uh, you know, the, the joke I've been going with recently is I don't know if people know when we do these live experiences or these live interviews, it's one thing to be Joe Rogan and be the host. But for a lot of us, we're both Joe Rogan and young Jamie. So a lot of the times <laughs> when it becomes like, Ooh, that was really cool. Someone's going to edit that by everybody. That someone is still me. So yeah. as much as I love doing that sort of stuff, it takes away from doing the next interview. So uh, I, I prefer the live format so that I can always connect a little bit more. But uh, as I mentioned to the people here, uh, we did put the, the link in the chat sections of everywhere. So you guys can find it. If you're watching it, it'll link you to it. It is quite good. I really, really dug it. Now, when you do get that transition, I find that, uh, you know, you were able to, to kill an area that I like to attack. Cause I was looking at that X card and I just go, oh shit, that, that was bad news for me. Cause I love playing <laughs> X. Is that an area that you feel comfortable dominating? And, and um, more importantly, was that kind of how you saw it would go? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, I, I was watching some of his tape before and I know he's a really good guard player. Mm -hmm. Um, he's, he's especially really good in the gi. I saw that he did, uh, I think he beat Adam Bradley at, uh, pans or worlds mm -hmm. in the gi last year. So like I saw that and I was like, holy shit, like this guy's definitely legit. Um, I need to definitely, uh, you know, mind my P's and Q's. Um, but I just know that like with, uh, with 10 minute regulation, I just feel, uh, I can go out there and, and just attack and attack. And I don't, I don't think there's much people that can, uh, you know, withstand the, the submission attempts that I'm going to, uh, go for, you know, within that time limit. And yeah, I just, I just feel really confident in, in submission only. And I am, you know, definitely like working for ADCC, uh, you know, working more on my wrestling, but, uh, just for that match, I didn't, uh, I didn't want to, you know, mess around standing around for two or three minutes. I wanted to, you know, I, I didn't want to like really struggle too much. Like I did last year in one of my, uh, my title matches that I lost, um, at Brown belt. So I just, I, I definitely, uh, wasn't messing around this time. I was going in there for the kill. Good for you. And just to kind of give people an idea of what the final product looks like, look at that. That's a that's a beauty of a picture there, sir. <laughs> yeah, whoever caught that is that Mike the Truth Jackson, I think. Shout out to him for that photo. I just looked at that and I was like, you know, I had somebody when I was training the other day who got a photo of me and uh, he's a fighter and he got one of the better photos of me grappling. And I was like, dude, if people see that. <laughs> They might think I'm uh -oh. good at jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and he was like, don't worry, I'll get more and they'll be worse. And I said, that that's more like it. But I that's just love to pay the photographer so much, man. Like that's why. Bro, it's, absolutely. It's the art for sure. <laughs> well, I just laugh because I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, every version of a photo that I see of myself grappling, I always look disheveled and old and tired. And I'm like, I am those things, but... You know, one of these like nice shots like that would be <clears throat> uh, great to get every once in a while. So right. I appreciate that. Uh, here's what I've got uh, to go ahead and start transitioning to. So I do want to ask. <clears throat> so now we've kind of talked about that and we talked about, you know, kind of where you are currently as a black belt in your journey. 
I want to go backwards. So where does all of like jujitsu begin for you? Where does your martial arts journey begin, sir? So, uh, man, I, I was 14 years old, man. Uh, I was like a freshman in high school. I had played football like all my life. Um, my parents got divorced and I was, I would move back and forth, uh, you know, towards like my middle school year. So, you know, there towards like seventh, eighth grade, uh, I never got like established in a, you know, in a school. And I just, I wasn't, I wasn't honestly playing on the football team. You know, I was, I was sitting there watching them. So that wasn't going to happen. Uh, and I just decided, and I'd always, for a few years, I had watched, you know, UFC and stuff like that. And uh, I saw there was a, a school like, I don't know, 15 minutes away from my house. And, you know, it probably took a few months of, uh, you know, trying to talk my parents into it. Um, and, uh, you know, I went, it was more of like an MMA based school, um, which, which is good too. Cause you know, you, you, you got to learn everything, but I really fell in love with, uh, the grappling aspect. Um, and I, uh, I, I did have a one amateur fight. Um, I was 17 years old and I lost a unanimous decision. Um, but I, I just, a lot of those early years, man, was uh, just me just getting mentally, mentally better. Uh, Cause I, I feel like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like whenever I, I would go in and train with those guys every day, I felt like I was, I had a purpose and um, they were, they were like building me up. Like I, it, and I'm telling you, like I would go and train with grown men as a 14 year old, like getting my ass whooped, you know, doing MMA rounds and grappling rounds too, you know, uh, and I'd just be crying to my coach, like, you know, when am I, you know, when am I going to get better, you know? And he's like, you know, just trust the process. And, and uh, you know, I, a couple years went by and, you know, I was still smaller than everybody, but, you know, I would get by on technique, you know, you just start mm -hmm. beating the bigger, stronger guys on the, you know, just the technique and, uh, you know, and that's really like sums up the jujitsu journey. I feel like for me is just, it's just like everyday life, man. You know, you're going to go through bumps and bruises and you just got to stick through it and, uh, you know, just try to be positive and, you know, you're going to, you're going to do great things. You know, you just, uh, you just got to keep moving forward. Let's break that down a little bit. Okay. So first of all, as a also a uh, bench rider on a football team, I totally understand where you're coming from. Uh, <laughs> but I can also tell you this much. I saw that my quarterback had a Hail Mary of about 15 yards. And I said, we're not ever going to win uh, a state title. This is not going <laughs> to happen. So at yeah. that point, I started dedicating a lot more of my time to soccer. So it is kind of cool that you went the direction of going towards uh, jiu-jitsu and finding that you mentioned it seemed almost like it was uh, right away a love, especially at an MMA gym. Um, yeah. So, and my, my main training partner for years, uh, his name was TJ Waldberger uh, and he was in the UFC. Like he started four and two uh, and he's, he, I think he at one point had the record for most submission attempts in a, in a UFC fight at welterweight or something like that. Um, but you know, he's, he's always, you know, uh, you know, been, you know, more, more so a better grappler than striker. And so I kind of just, you know, fell in the footsteps of, of, you know, kind of that. Cause the coach, you know, our MMA coach was a really, he, he, he was a good striking coach too, but he specialized at jujitsu. He was a black belt under uh, Machado and, uh, 
yeah, shout out to John Moore, my first MMA coach. Um, and then, so keeping on with the story of my jujitsu journey, uh, after I, uh, I was preparing for my second MMA fight and, uh, in training, I, I hurt my shoulder, um, it, a couple times it like, uh, didn't fully, uh, dislocate. I can't remember the, the stupid scientific word it is for it. Um, <laughs> but I, I ended up having uh, uh, shoulder surgery when I was 19 and, um, I was out a couple years and, um, during those couple years I was out, I, uh, you know, ended up doing stupid things. And, um, I mean, I, I can go in, that's where I tell my story, right? Raph, you know, uh, I'll it, just it, go and it's say where it. you tell your story. This is listen, dude, tell your story. Yeah. Um, if, if there is any of my students watching that are kids, you know, sorry, but you know, everybody learns. Um, yeah, is what it is. But, uh, so I had shoulder surgery and I, you know, got a little depressed and I started like, uh, I started like selling marijuana and stuff like that. And I would, uh, end up going up to Denver to the dispensaries and come back and, and long story short, it got too bad. And, uh, the feds kicked in my door and I was looking at a couple felony charges. Um, you know, but luckily, you know, I, it was my first ever time, you know, being in trouble and, um, you know, God was on my side. I had, uh, you know, great support system with my family and my now wife, uh, my lovely wife, Jennifer, she's amazing. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it's just, uh, been through a lot and you just gotta, gotta persevere. Uh, yeah, just crazy, crazy stuff. But yeah, I, I got through that. And uh, I started training again. Um, I came back with Travis Moore. Um, be almost four years ago now. Be March. I think it was March of 2016. Uh, I linked up with Travis. Um, and man, ever since then, it's just uh, it's just been nothing but 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 awesomeness. Just good. Uh, just he's he's put me in a position to really succeed. And now, like I'm, you know, I'm teaching all the time. And I'm now, you know, tonight, uh, I'm going to teach in our Georgetown location. I'm the head Nogi instructor there now, and that's like 30 miles away. So he's just, uh, opened so many opportunities for me. And I, I, I'm forever grateful for him, man. He was, he stood up there at my wedding. Uh, and yeah, he's just, he's really, obviously he's made me the jujitsu, uh, you know, competitor that I am today. Uh, but you know, I really feel like he's really helped me out, you know, off the mats as well, you know, and just kind of putting, you know, helping put stuff in line for me and letting me realize my true potential, you know, it's so hard for people to truly understand, uh, sometimes the, the journeys that always bring us here, like for a lot of people, nobody starts off being this enlightened person. You know, you have to go through things and you have to experience yeah. things so that way you can pull yourself together at times. And I find those challenging moments are great. And I appreciate your honesty, man, because a lot of the times people try to sweep that underneath. And I actually think it's more beneficial for young kids or people to understand that there are ways to correct your behavior. There are ways to find ways out when you feel like you are struggling. So mm -hmm. it is so great that you found a martial art, a sport, a thing that became 
not only your your career passion, but like a form where you can excel and people can give you that kind of recognition. Like that's the great thing about competition is you immediately yeah. get that feedback of like, oh, people like that I just armbarred the shit out of this guy. I mean, <laughs> I would have done it for free, but okay, cool. You're so, gonna pay me to do it? Shit, okay. And give absolutely, me a okay, awesome. I can tell you a number <laughs> yeah. of people that I have had beat the shit out of me for free, and I'm like, we are getting paid for this. What's happening here? <laughs> so I would tell you this: if you are a kid who is watching this, just know that there is an example being set here. Um, by somebody who understands the value of, hey, listen, that may not be the best way to go, but this is a much better path. And look at you, dude. You're getting championship belts. You have a black belt, which is indicative of how long you've stuck with the craft. And, you know, you mentioned your wife, and that's really cool. Uh, I, I will bring up one small thing and a little bit on that. Um, I did go through a little bit of your Instagram, so we're going to pull up one here. And the reason why I want to okay. pull it up, and maybe we can do it now. Uh, as I'm getting this ready, I will say this. Uh, Oso says he is so annoying to roll with. Great instructor. <laughs> you know what that sounds like? It sounds like that really uh, terrible Yelp review that goes, uh, "Great establishment would not recommend one star." <laughs> but I love it, Justin. Here's the reason why I mentioned this is because I was looking through, and like I mentioned you were kind of, you know, your Instagram is all full with all these massive training photos, you being a beast, you always on the mats. I always try to dig a little deeper and see if I can find something. You found something, huh? I found a couple things. Okay. And I just want to make sure that we go and, and kind of address them because they aren't bad by any means or stretch of any kind of imagination. But there are a couple things that caught my eye, and I will bring them to your attention as I pull them up as young Jamie and Joe Roganing at the same time. Uh, I will ask you about this photo first. So what can you tell me about this photo that you will see on the screen in just a second? Because it seems, is this your first meeting together? Uh, because it's a little pixelated, so I know it's <laughs> from 2017. But tell me about yeah. this photo that we're looking at right here sir okay so this is at ebi 13 or 14 weigh-ins um the absolutes where gordon obviously wins again um and this is the first time i actually met mr craig jones um yeah so travis was my, my coach travis was uh in the bracket that night so you know i was there you know helping you know coach and be around and stuff like that and fanboy a little bit at the weigh-ins uh you know getting pictures with craig um but yeah uh we just and he, he was actually somebody that like ever since you know the very first time i met him you know he's just been super cool and uh he doesn't act like he's you know too good to talk to you or anything like that so uh, that's something that i've always respected about him so i guess kind of rounding that one a little bit what is a your coach what does travis say when you get a photo with somebody who's in the same bracket against him and you're like this look at this kid getting <laughs> photos with the competition over here uh, honestly i would put a hundred bucks that travis got a picture with him too <laughs> 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 well i would say travis might be a, a better human being than i so <laughs> i would uh, i would have definitely given you so much mess as a competitor <laughs> 
which is part of the reason why I know it's a good thing I don't compete because I'm like, um, I know too many of you kids and I know how much I would yell. So I would be like, I'd be like, Raph, you've interviewed that person. I was like, I don't care, man. I lost them. I'm not in a good mood with them. So I guess the thing I wanted to bring up here is this to me reads different as a jujitsu guy that it would as just like a regular friend. Here's why. When I look at this photo and like, you know, they do that nice couple fixing the tie sort of a thing. Uh-huh. She has really good posture for a judo throw here. So all I'm thinking <laughs> of is I'm like, Justin, I don't know what kind of dynamic you guys have, but her arms are very strong grip capabilities for the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mom, my mom does pushups pretty much every night. So, uh, yeah, I bet she could judo throw the shit out of me if she wanted to. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. I like the fact that as I was like walking down and and going through those things, I was like, who has these grips? <laughs> was that from your wedding or where was this from? Yes, sir. Yeah, that was from my wedding. She was, I guess, yeah. Good for you, man. Thing. Was that, when did you guys get married? We got married April 13th of last year. I was about to say, (laughs) luckily last year, you got people. So good. I was about to be like, do you remember people? Do you remember how that used to function? So I'm glad you got in before any of that happened. Cause I've seen friends actually, well, Kevin on the the verbal tap, uh, he's getting married without people. And I think Mm -hmm. he's he's like, Hey man, I need you to send me in a video for a toast. And I'm like, sure. So I'm like looking around, I'm like, oh man, I have to toast them still. I thought I had this one off now. So I got to write down something nice about the guy. Um, I did want to ask about this because I thought you also did an excellent job on this. And I don't know what the case is here, but if it is what I think it is, uh, I have questions. So I'm looking at this, is it like a table that I'm seeing right here? Yeah. Is this your work? Yes, sir. It is. Good. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So whenever I, uh, I graduated high school, um, the summer after I graduated, I went and, um, lived with my uncle Kevin in Fort Worth. Um, and I got a little bit of training at Genesis Jitsu under Albert Hughes there, uh, while I was there as well. But, um, my uncle was starting a business at the time where, uh, he would, it was just like, uh, it was called pallet smart. So he would get, you know, wooden pallets and he would, you know, break them down and re and upcycle them, you know, refurbish them and stuff like that. And, you know, just, uh, run them through planers and, you know, get it looking all nice. And then he would, you know, build furniture, uh, and, and, you know, other things out of that stuff. So, uh, and, and, you know, I just, I'm not half as good as he is, but, um, yeah, I, I, I try. I tried, you know, it was a few years ago and I had fun with it. And it was a good, uh, it was a good side hustle. I'm not going to lie, man. I like the way it looks. I, I looked at that and, you know, when you do the, the research for these interviews, you try to keep up with as much as you guys do. And the hard part about bringing on jujitsu guys is if they only have jujitsu photos, it's like, <laughs> well, Hey guys, I want to brand you out and, and show a little bit more for you. So, you're going to look the same if you all have the same training photos of like training selfie. Oh my God. Hit the grind. 
quotation about being a lion. So Every for day, me, Pohada. <laughs> exactly. So when I see those photos like that, I go, you know, I don't see that on a number of people's uh, Instagrams. I don't see a number of people looking and, and putting great carpentry like that. So that's pretty good. I appreciate that, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Of course, man. Do you keep that up? Do you still like, is that something you do around your own place or, or something um, you doing? Very little. Um, you know, right now me and my wife live in a, a mobile home that we remodeled. So I've had to, you know, do a little bit of, uh, you know, handyman stuff. I, I still keep my, you know, my saw, my miter saws and table saws and stuff around. Um, but you know, I, I'm just, I'm training too much. Like, man, today so far, I, you know, woke up 8 a.m., was at the gym at 9, teach kids. We have an adult class at 10, 11, we have a pro class. Get home, eat, shower. I'm at the gym lifting, you know, and I come home. I'm like, holy crap, you know, I'm almost, it's almost time to, you know, get with Raph, you know. So uh, I, I just, I, I stay pretty busy. Um, yeah, I, I, I wish I could do it more than I do, but yeah, hopefully one day whenever I'm not putting in as much work as I'm, I am and I'm able to kind of relax, uh, I'll be able to kind of get to, you know, do some more of my hobbies and stuff. But right now we got goals, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I like to tell people, you know, when they ask, why aren't I doing this or that? I go, it's because I want to be the best at this. If I take more time to do other things, I can't be the best at this. And yeah. I don't know if you see this, but everybody and their mom thinks that they can do a podcast now. So we got a lot of people coming and you know, the same people, levels, you well, there are levels to it, but at the same point, like I always think of, of interviewing and, and talking with people as a muscle and the more that you develop it, the better you look. And mm-hmm. if you take a week off or you take something else you know, it may not appear to anybody else, but it's like when you win and you go, I should have won in two minutes. I don't know why that took me 10 minutes to do this. It's a very similar thing for me with this. So I, I totally understand that. But I would just tell you, if you ever need to take away time from jujitsu, might not be a bad avenue. So what do you do outside of jujitsu that helps you maybe take your brain off of, of that? Because listen, man, that's a very impacted schedule. And I can tell you, I know that can mentally grate on you. Yeah. Um, man, really, you know, me and my wife like to just travel. We like to, you know, just go in and even if it's just as simple as, you know, going to driving up to Austin for a day and just, you know, relaxing and eating at a different spot or, you know, going to the lake and relaxing, uh, just, you know, stuff like that. Just trying to spend it with my wife or family. That's a, a great heartwarming story. I didn't know there was going to be so much there. I, I have to ask though, do you have a favorite food joint? And let's put it this way. Is there a favorite food place that you have gone to as a direct result of you competing when you had to travel? Um, man, honestly, dude, you cannot go wrong with Texas Roadhouse and their roles, man. I, I can, my, I've eaten like 13 rolls before sitting at roadhouse waiting on my meal. So, uh, like whenever I've, whenever I'm real hungry and, you know, maybe I've had to, you know, cut to 170 or something, that's definitely a place that the wife and I will hit up afterwards and kind of carb up. I mean, not, not right after weigh-ins or anything, but you know, that the weekend after the match and stuff like that. I do always wonder what you guys are craving when you are, massively hungry and 
you know, grumpiness does come with that. So yeah. is it roles that you're creating? Like what is that? That seems like a specialized version of something that you kind of do. Is there, is there a primary food that you're thinking about when you are normally doing a cut? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a big, like, uh, you know, dinner rolls, bread, uh, but I've got a sweet tooth with the best of them too, man. I, let me tell you, I can eat, I can put away some ice cream, uh, you know, chocolate, you know, gummy worms, all the good stuff. Oh man. Yeah. I, I know a handful of fighters out here who would tell me, man, I love gummy bears and I cannot tell you how many fighters in particular it is because they'll tell me this in confidence and we've done this once with one of my friends where he was in a fight cut and we had to do a skit for like one of our WWE BJJ things. And, uh, I brought in gummy worms, but I didn't tell him I was going to do it. And he was like, Oh fuck you, dude. And just, (laughs) and I looked and I go, it's for the sketch and it will make you very mad at me. And, uh, you know, I mean, it worked, I'll tell you that much, but, uh, (laughs) It's definitely something that I've seen a number of fighters tell me. They're like, dude, sometimes after those weight cuts, I'm just thinking about gummy worms. And I go, you know how many times I have gummy bears or gummy worms? It's rare. Holy fuck. That's random that that would come in for you guys. Yeah, it's I love it, man. It's it's, I don't know something about it. Well, Justin, I want to rewind back again because I, I know that you were giving me answers on a couple of things on the origin story. But I did have a couple of questions I did want to circle back to the first of which is being. You know, I know that you mentioned that there was time off in between, but you were essentially fighting at the age of 17. I always like to ask people what made them fight. But for that young of an age, it almost seems like you're doing it like it's a sport, almost akin to your experience in football or anything else you were growing up with as a kid. I guess I'm going to ask the question, why did you feel the instinct to fight? Um, honestly, uh, I, all right. He just went blank on us. Oh, he found us. I was about to be like, that's the worst answer I've ever yeah. had. Joe. <laughs> Am I back? I'm good to answer now. Good. Go for it, sir. Um, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Absolutely, man. I got you. So what I was asking is, you know, you were at the age of 17 when you had your okay, first yeah. professional fight. And for a lot of people, they always grow up thinking like, oh, I am going to fight. I don't know if that was the case with you. So for me, I was curious, what was it inside of you that made it so that you could go blank again? I swear to God, these kids with their internet connections. I kind of hear you, Justin. I don't know what's happening. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. I cannot see you. Lord. Uh, do you want to back in and out of the room real quick? Yep, let me back up. Beautiful. I'll see you in just a second. We are talking with Justin Rennick, and we are taking your questions as well. Thank you very much, Angel or Angel. I don't really know how you say your name. I'm just going to say Angel. Uh, Justin is going to be returning in a second. I'm going to pass that on to him when he comes back in. My name's Rafa Sparza. You're watching The Grappling Hour. Thank you so much for tuning in. And here's Justin again. Justin, you good, man? Maybe. I think the connection is up. I think we're back now. Sorry. That was, uh, yeah, that was a phone call I was waiting on, but I'm, I'm going to call him back. Uh, I appreciate that. But yeah, no problem, dude. So 
what what made me start fighting so you know i was i was 14 i was a little you know short little chubby kid and i you know growing up through high school like that's like a really pivotal moment in your life and i and i saw like changes in my body that i'd never seen before like i i felt confidence that i'd never felt before um you know like i had i had an extra a whole nother support system like i had a great family you know but like just having a whole nother you know group of people at the gym to you know there's just nothing like it man you know un unless you train unless you involve yourself into it there's just nothing it, it's hard to explain you know um and i felt uh you know i felt like that's what i should do um but uh i i do feel that it was a little too early uh in my like mental developmental stage i wasn't uh i don't know man like and and, and maybe it just comes with ex with with competition experience man because you know, I, I hear some people right from the get go, they're just badass competitors. They can go out there and, and, and kill it, you know, but um, that's one thing I guess that I, I didn't quite have, you know, I guess I had to kind of like uh, learn, learn it or something. Um, Cause I, you know, I don't know. I felt like I was ready, but whenever I went out there and plus I had cut 15 pounds in 24 hours, by the way, I was fighting at 155 uh, and I, I made a stupid diet choice, you know, a couple of days before weigh-ins or really the day before weigh-ins that kind of screwed me and yeah, had to end up cutting 15 pounds in 24 hours. So that wasn't good along with it. But, you know, the biggest thing I feel that killed me was my mental, you know, like I had gotten a takedown in the first round and then uh, it was in a stupid boxing ring, man. Golly, I hate those things. And he was all like tied up in the ropes and stuff. And, uh, and I, I couldn't hit him. The ref stopped it and like scooted us back. And then as soon as he like, as right when he said go, that guy kicked me off. And like, it was almost like I flew off at that. And I was like, holy shit, how the hell did that just happen? Like, he just kicked me off. Like I was just like a, his little brother, you know? And I was like, wow. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I feel like just, you know, you've got to be mentally ready for, for, uh, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, some people, uh, you know, some people ha have it right away and some people need to, you know, to compete and really, you know, gain the confidence in themselves. It's a tough call, at least from my perspective, because now you're speaking as somebody who coaches other people, which means you have new perspective. It means you have a stronger sense of what you really did need mentally back then that you didn't know. The hard part about being that young is it's almost in some ways like you did need to experience doing that because you had a want for it. And clearly it paid off in a want to do jujitsu. But if you didn't exert that and take an yeah. L in that, who knows where your story might've gone. So that's why I think it's kind of one of those mm -hmm. things where you can't yeah. beat yourself up too much on in terms of, Hey man, you were young. You wanted to try and fight. You figured out, okay, I need to get better before I can do this. And even then you found uh, a better love in jujitsu. So we did get a question over here uh, and it'll go along mm -hmm. with what I have to ask, but it's from Christopher Les who asks, just joined a bit ago. How long did it take you to get a black belt? So of uh, training time, it would be 
little over eight years. But, you know, I was 14 or no, hold on. I was 14. And then so I trained for five years. So, yeah, actually like nine years. I'm sorry. It'd be nine years training time. Okay, that's not bad. Longer than, uh, you know, you can get a doctorate degree. (laughs) You know, it's it's, uh, you know, it's the real deal, (laughs) you know. And also, I mean, it is uh, it is hard because different places have different, uh, you know, sort of criterion for it. And I know for Travis, he wouldn't just give one out. So you definitely want to make sure that you, uh, you know, you kind of can hold down the fort in the same hold way. On, Raph, I can't hear you no more. Oh, no, dude. All right. One second. We'll give you a moment to go ahead and recalibrate. Kathy, thank you very much for your comment. I will pass that on to Justin when we see him back momentarily. Justin, did you just switch off the audio settings on your thing? Raph, can you hear me? I can. You just took out your earbuds, yeah? Hey, Justin. Our thanks to you guys for watching in right now. We're going to give him a second to go ahead and get his stream back in order of course justin is an excellent guest that we are talking to right now huge win at submission hunter over the weekend just received his black belt as we just learned right now it took him approximately nine years he said eight to begin with but if we're being honest isn't this time with corona it doesn't feel like 10 years have gone best uh and i love this but yes kathy i I will pass that along thank you oh no you're having bad weather oh well, that's the worst. My apologies on that. But thank you for informing me. I think I just saw Justin pop up in another yeah. shadow over here. Justin, you good? Yeah, my fr- my AirPods died. So I-, I guess that's probably what happened. So I just had to turn my Bluetooth off and re-enter it. Yep, it's not a problem. And you know what the nice part is? You using the, the AirBuds always gives us a better sound. So yeah. I appreciate you for doing that to begin I'm with. I'm sorry for the sound for the rest of the interview. <laughs> Actually, it sounds just fine because you're close enough to okay. awesome. uh, where your, your microphone is. It's and it very- is a brand new phone. Like I actually, I've got an iPhone 11 now. It's not a, you know, crappy iPhone that's going to take no grainy pics with Craig <laughs> Jones. So we've leveled hey, up since. To be fair, it's not really that phone's fault as much as it is the times. I don't know yeah. if you go back and revisit photos from your yesteryear, but a lot of those photos did not look great or they don't age well. Um, we, we did get a follow-up from uh, Christopher Velez. who says, how is the difference for going from purple through brown slash black in the BJJ competition-wise? Competition-wise? Mm. So um, I, I feel like... You know, once you reach your purple belt uh, and competition, uh, depending, I mean, depending on the competitions, you're going to be going against some some pretty some pretty good guys. And, uh, you know, from purple belt, you need to really like start establishing uh, what you personally do good, because, you know, everyone knows the fundamentals and everyone knows, you know, by then, you know, like the the main the main stuff, uh, you know, really just try to focus on what your, you know, what makes your game special and then, you know, put all, you know, put all the work into just, uh, 
just trying to evolve each each position you know break down and see what you can do from here um but as far as like competing man you just gotta get out there and do it like whenever i was a purple belt um you know i did good but you know you got to take your losses too man um yeah that's the biggest thing i can say is just the more the more time you put on the mats especially when you're competing you know there's nothing that that brings it out of you that you can really learn from and, and see pick apart your game uh, and dissect it then you know if you're competing so uh yeah that's definitely you know why i feel uh that i i just got you know good really quick and you know started facing these really good guys uh is just you know is that and then you know being confident in yourself man because that was like i was just saying in my you know mma fight you know you just you've got to have confidence in yourself you uh you just have to you know you you train all the time and you know it's 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 fun in the gym but when you when when it's time to put it out there you've got to know that uh you know it's time to time to rock and roll and it's time to go i think that's an excellent way to go ahead and uh, tell people uh, to, you know, find that new level up that they're always looking for, especially in competition. I would ask this though, because one of the things that we figured out was, okay, great. You had this mentality that you wanted to fix for MMA, but I'm always curious about the psychological parts about falling in love with the sport. So when exactly did you know that jujitsu was your thing? Because it goes from just being a hobby to something that becomes an actual career. So yeah. you know the exact moment that you were like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, yeah. So really probably I would say like right before my on the invitational debut, um, you know, I was, you know, it was actually, not long before that, that, you know, all that stuff happened. Um, and then I came to Travis, uh, and you know, we just started working and then, um, Andrew Craig, you know, called Travis like two weeks before the on the invitation and asked if he had somebody, you know, cause somebody fell out, you know, typically like they do. And, uh, you know, I was available and, uh, you know, after that night and, you know, uh, I, I had that feeling. I knew that, uh, that, you know, that was it. And I was going to put a hundred percent of my effort into being the best because, you know, for one, I've got, you know, I've got the coach that'll take me there and I've got training partners and, uh, you know, even, you know, close friends that I can drive to, you know, like, you know, David Holsey and, you know, I'm trying to get it with, uh, you know, Cody and William here, hopefully this week. So, um, yeah, man, just always working. Those are some monster names that you met uh, mentioned there. Of course, David being a Lone Star Grappler, uh, one of the, the kindest, nicest people in all of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, seriously. Although his jiu-jitsu's mean, I've seen <laughs> photos. The MFR I just saw today on his Instagram. You know, he sent me this photo. I take that back. He sent <laughs> me this photo, and he goes, Hey, Raph, when's WWE BJJ week? And it's him using his tiny body against the mall mat and doing a wall mat assisted bulldog choke. And he's sending it to me like, what do you think of this? And I go, it's cool looking, 
But if you did that shit to me, I don't know that we'd be friends. <laughs> Such a nice guy. But man, he he has some ruthless techniques. Like, yeah. um, I don't know if y'all saw uh, Michael Salazar. This was maybe two months ago now. Um, he hit this, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a, like a, it's like a reverse guillotine choke um, yeah. that he hit in that fight to win match. And I yeah. think that uh, David was saying that that he showed Michael like literally a couple weeks or something before that, and then you know he hit that just nastiness. He taught him that nasty choking at work in competition. I was like, man, you're a savage, Dave. And, Dave. and Salazar, Salazar is a savage too for hitting it. You know. But, yeah, that move is referred to as a dragon sleeper. So you know, it's one of the things we run into as pro wrestling fans when people would say, "Does that move hurt?" And it's like. All of these moves hurt if you do it to hurt, but they in pro wrestling do that so that they can go and travel week to week without killing the person. But yes, a dragon sleeper is like you mentioned the reverse guillotine where their neck would be right here in between. And if you put just a little bit on that, it's bad news because it's your head and your neck. So when I see him teaching people that I go, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Not only the head and the neck, man, but you you get your legs around somebody and you hip in, you're going to hurt their back too, man. That's a killer position. It's not yeah. fun. I got one more question here from Christopher who says, with regard to your training, how much time do you spend working A-game techniques versus working on expanding your game and experimentation? Working A-game techniques. So, um... Most of the time, I, uh, I I do a lot of my like experimenting between matches, you know. So like like right now, you know, I'll be, uh, you know, experimenting with stuff, and then like next week, I'm gonna be drilling. Like the week of the match, I'm gonna be drilling, you know, a lot more of my you know my A game, my go tos, and stuff like that. But yeah, but typically between matches, uh, you know, I'll I'll try to you know look for, uh, you know, different avenues and just trying to do different things. All right. Thank you very much, Christopher. Appreciate the question. Who is this guy? Oh, this is my girl, Arizona. Come on in here. Oh, my God. Oh, she's a sweetheart. She's adorable. That's amazing. She is the best. She definitely knew that we're starting to get toward the end of the interview because she's like, um... I need to make sure I make an appearance real quick. Uh, this interview will not close until I'm in here. Yep. The star of the show right here. <laughs> How long have you had her? So my wife has had her all her life. Um, and she is seven years old. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. She looks great. She looks super cute. You guys are you guys are very lucky. That is pretty great. So tell me about this, man. Submission Underground comes up. Yep. Tell me a little bit about what's coming up for you. It's a monster matchup, but I'd oh, love to man. hear you describe what it is, sir. Dude, so I mean, just for it to to kick off the submission undercards, the the submission underground card like that. That's it, it's going to be killer, man. Me, me and Alan. Uh, I don't know if you know who. I mean, I know you do, but. The viewers, I don't know if y'all know who Alan Sanchez is, uh, but dude, he's a he's a killer man. Um, I think he won he won Nogi Worlds last year at Black Belt. I think he beat Cody in the finals. 
Uh, and then he got his black belt on the podium. Uh, so that speaks right there, uh, you know. Um, but, you know, he's he's a really high-level guy. He's, you know, won combat jiu-jitsu world, like a special match. Uh, he's beat Werther there. Um, yeah, man, he's and he's another guy. Like, we kind of got pretty similar styles. Like, you know, we like back takes, and we're, we're just submission hunters, man. We're not going to go in there, and uh, he's not going to pull a Don Stoner. Okay, he's going to engage with me. I'm going to engage with him. Uh, and it's going to be a freaking awesome five minutes unless someone gets submitted. You know, and then, uh, yeah, it's just going to be, they, they couldn't have really picked a better match to kick off the card, honestly. Uh, the, the whole card is, is sick. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to steal the show right from the very beginning. And it was actually cool, too, because uh, Heather messaged me. Uh, he said, or she, I'm sorry, she said, um, uh, you know, she said, uh, you know, Alan Sanchez requested you. Uh, so, you know, that that's cool to me. And, and you know, she's, I guess he's been training with Mason Fowler uh, mm-hmm. since, I guess, you know, Kyle Terra shut down, sadly. Um, you know, but yeah, so I know he'll be ready because he's training with Mason uh, there, you know, and all the other 10th Planet guys. Like, you know, it's just, it's going to be a freaking war, man. I cannot wait. Yeah, and Alan, even just this recently, uh, this weekend, uh, was competing at the Sin City Submission Series. And yeah, pour through that bracket. Uh, he got three submissions in that one. Made it all the way with the the finals with PJ. And honestly, man, that's uh, he's a good kid, man. I really like him a lot, and I like that matchup between the two of you. So I'm very stoked to see that one. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see us do a fight companion for that. So we will definitely be uh, watching along and Hopefully, cheersing uh, some celebrations should they. Hell, yeah. I guess I want to ask this, man. So, what's mm-hmm. next? I know that you you've kind of previewed it without, you know, ADCC being there. It seems mm-hmm. like you're open to then some super fights after this because you were already probably going to scale things down to get ready for the top of November. But now that that's changed, are you open to those super fights? And uh, where would you like to see yourself compete, man? Man, um, definitely would love to get back to uh, EBI, you know, next combat jiu-jitsu worlds, whether it's uh, welterweight or middleweight, you know, uh, hopefully Eddie will holler at me because I'll be ready. Uh, That for sure is something that I want. Um, You know, it'd be cool to, uh, you know, I always love fight to win, man. Uh, Actually, you know, whenever all the quarantine stuff went down, uh, I was supposed to be, I was supposed to have two, you know, big out of state tournaments. One of them, uh, was the King of the Mat, uh, 185 pound tournament. And there was, you know, some, some killers in that one. And then I had the Sapatero with Josh as well in Florida. And both of those got, uh, you know, postponed obviously. So that was a little upsetting, but, uh, man, dude, I'll, I'll, compete anywhere you know especially if uh the better the person all the the merrier you know the the i want to compete against the best man uh like hopefully here soon flow grappling can give me some love and give me like a top 15 guy like that'd be amazing you know like the only person that i've lost to in my weight class this year is william you know um i i was getting ready to i had talked to seth and uh, he he told me about a welterweight title match, so I was, you know, getting ready for that. And then he offered me Sloan at 195, 
and I was 178 and I was like, fuck, but you know, <laughs> me being who I am, I took the match. Uh, cause you know, I know Sloan was a, I want to face the best Sloan is awesome. And, uh, you know, he, he trains with Keenan now and that, uh, it's just, it's a match that I wanted, even though he was 20 pounds heavier than me. Uh, yeah, that one, that one didn't work out my way. I got caught on some, some strong man stuff, uh, but he's definitely really good. Uh, you know, credit to him on that one. Uh, you know, but yeah, like other than that, dude, I've, I've been submitting, like killing everybody. So, uh, yeah, wh whoever I want to, I want to compete anywhere, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do, man. Just stay ready. And, uh, whenever trials comes back around, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pull up and we'll win that one. I just like the idea of being like, I don't care where the smoke is. I want it. <laughs> Just as long, as, long as, as, it's, as if it's a worthy opponent and generally uh, in my weight it. class and a big opponent, like I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, right now, no bigger than 185. You know, yeah. Like I'm, yeah. So, I mean, my biggest thing is I always tell people around ADCC and especially to matchmakers, if they can do you the solid of keeping it within the or as close to ADCC weights as possible. I yeah. think that's what really helps the athletes at this time because that's all people are thinking about. You know, nobody comes in and says, give me my IBJJF weight. Everybody right now is looking at those five weight categories and they say, yeah, no, hey, no one's really worried about pounds. They're all counting kilograms right now. They're all, you know, 88, 77, 66, 99. It's yeah, for sure, man. I know. Cause every, every year, every two years I have to remind myself, hold on. What's it? By two, I think. And that's a yeah, two-ish is good. Okay. So we have a couple little comments here that just says, love you, brother. Keep killing it, homie. I'm rooting for you from West Texas. That's from Court McGee or Maggie. I don't really know. And then Angel closing out by saying, very proud and privileged to see Justin come up the ranks. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, Justin, we're coming up on an hour now. You've given me so much of your time. I want to give you this opportunity to shout out anybody you want to, whether it's sponsors, whether it is uh, people who helped you get ready, or even people you want to shout out just in encapsulation of yeah. the recent black belt that you just got, man. So floor is yours, dude. For sure. So for one, shout out to Raph for having me on, man. Um, this is something I've wanted to do for a while, and I really appreciate him taking his time out of his day, for one. Uh, and then, you know, shout out to my coach, Travis Moore, uh, you know, for everything that he's done for me, man, uh, giving me my black belt and, you know, everything that's come along with that on and off the mats. Uh, my wife, I love you. She's at work right now. She's a hairstylist. Uh, yeah, I love her so much. She's a crucial part of, of my job, too. You know, she's a hell of a cook. You know, she makes sure that I eat healthy and, you know, I've never missed weight. Uh, you know, she's kept my mind right always. And, you know, that's, that's a super key deal too. Um, shout out to my, my teammates and, uh, you know, everybody at John's gym, temple, Georgetown, Austin, uh, Liberty Hill even. Um, and then, yeah, my family love you guys, friends. Thank you so much. Uh, y'all be sure not this Sunday, next Sunday, October 4th. Submission Underground on UFC Fight Pass. I think it starts at like five o'clock. I'm the first match. You're not gonna want to miss it. Okay, it's it's gonna be insane. 
me and Alan are going to put on a, a hell of a show. Uh, we just got a note here from uh, Court McGee that just said, LOL, it's Curtis Clifton, bro. I don't know that. You <laughs> I know what I read. If your name says <laughs> Maggie, that's what I have to read it. It's what Ron Burgundy does. So anyway, <laughs> hey, listen, kid, I want to tell you this, Justin. Um, you know, it's very nice of you to thank me. Please don't. But the real reason why we pull people on here is because it's indicative of the work that they do. So this is really a reflection of you get to do these interviews because you do hard work and you do have results. And I think that is so important that people understand that, like, you know, sometimes it feels like you're competing and that people don't watch or know that you are out there and competing. But we are watching you. And at this juncture of no audiences, I don't get the opportunity to go cover things live. So for me, this is the best way uh, to always make sure that we take care of those folks who are out there competing. That's the whole design of the show. So it's really a testament to you, sir. So congrats to you. Thank you so much for taking your time. Thank you, Ralph. Uh, I very much appreciate it. I don't suspect this will be the only time we'll talk to you. So oh, definitely uh, not, man. We'll definitely catch up with you soon. All right. Thank you so much for sticking around. That was a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for, uh, you know, making it all the way to the end. I feel like you're supposed to get something. I wish this was like the Marvel end credit scene where I could show you that there's a Nick Fury, but instead I got to do the whole song and dance. I know you want to get something special. So I'll tell you this, you are special. And I'd love you even more if you could do us a solid and go follow us at grappling hour on Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, Instagram, and the Facebook, as well as on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And if you're on either of those, if you wouldn't mind giving us a follow, a subscription, or this is a big one, a five-star review, it would mean the world to us. That's going to do it for us here today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. My name is Rafa Sparza. It's been a great day for grappling. We'll see you back on the mats eventually.